0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hello, 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 and a good morning at you. It's uh, the 24th of July, which means that in about a week, my sister, my little kid sister, is going to have another birthday. So uh, let's welcome Susan. Yeah, I hear you groaning on the other end. It's awful, isn't it? It is. Yeah, and it's a birthday, like, it, it, it's a, yeah, it's like, meh.
2: Yeah, it's just a crummy birthday. Yeah, it doesn't
1: even, the numbers don't. It doesn't signify anything. It's just Ex- a stupid number. right? Yeah, except I've that just you're. Been
2: t- I've just been telling people I'm 70, so they tell me how good I look. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, that's and that's good. When I get there, I'll be used
2: to it. Yeah,
1: you're you're getting pretty far ahead of yourself there, Suze. But
2: well, not very. No, but the number for those that are vaguely curious will be sixty-seven.
1: <laughs> yeah, God Almighty, how's that happen?
2: I don't know. But I mean, you know, I was with uh, one of uh, my Green Bay friends the other day, and she's having her second hip replacement. So I mean, I guess that's where we are.
1: You're kidding! <laughs> my no. God!
2: Well, how awful!
1: That's got to be genetic or something. I mean, she's in good shape.
2: Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I'm. It's. I'm not going to give her a medical backstory, but uh, it was induced by treatments for other things. Oh. So.
1: This is so. It's it's a medically. Uh, this is what doctors doing things to her that resulted later in was her having. It a
2: byproduct of a cancer treatment that she's oh. got.
1: Oh. God.
2: Up, so. Oh God. But, uh, but she'll be she'll be back to normal. She's excited.
1: <laughs> okay. I want. I'm looking for something here. I just want to. Um, our um our nephew who's an archivist is always trolling around looking for old bits and he'd sent me this before but I just love this and he sent it again and I want to um I want to share it okay this is from the okay. Green Bay newspaper the Green Bay Press Gazette uh this would be probably 1957, yeah. <laughs> 1957, Green Bay Press-Gazette. Puppet show to aid Red Cross. <laughs> That's the headline. Three Green Bay girls, two in fourth grade and one in second grade, have presented the Brown County chapter of the American Red Cross with $9.21, which they earned by staging a puppet show. The girls Robin and Mady Deutsch and Ida Lynn Miller (laughs) held the show in the den of the R.K. Deutsch home. Robin and Ida produced the show based on a storybook tale, which they revised to meet their needs, while Mady, the second grader, sold cookies... relegating me. Ah, Matey, you go over there and sell. Matey sold (laughs) and it's called cold drinks and cook candy in the audience of children and parents from the neighborhood. There you have it, Susan. That made the paper. Now, how the hell did that get...
2: My feelings are hurt. Why didn't I get to help sell cookies? I would have been in first grade.
1: Well, look, I mean, there was no other jobs left, apparently, at that point. <laughs> Ticket taker? You probably
2: I were... I think I remember that. I think I actually Oh, come on.
1: That. Come on. I don't. That's what um, I... I I was sent the article, and the question was, do you remember this? <laughs> I said, God, no. I have no recollection. What? So $9.21. What I want to know is how would you get the one-cent thing? Like, what would the pricing have been?
2: Who knows? Some Or somebody just emptied out their pockets. But that's a lot of money for 1957, by the way. Well, I don't know about that.
1: God only knows what those poor people in the audience suffered through.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> TV wasn't, you know, in its heyday in 1950. No, no. So this is what people no. did.
1: Yeah, right. Can, can, I, I'm just going to ask Amy, can I have my headset up a little? I'm, I'm having, I've, I'm losing my hearing, I think. Is everybody else hearing Susan okay? I can't hear anything anymore. Okay, well I just started I, I, I just wanted to share that because there's something so funny about it.
2: It's cute. Well I mean those the pictures that he sends, I mean the, and, and and the and the articles that he sends are all things like that, that. Usually um, you know, fifty articles in a row all featuring our beautiful mother for no good reason, stuck in the middle of otherwise homely individuals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> At some luncheon. He, Yes, and and the names are always given.
2: Mrs. Norman
1: Miller and (laughs) missus and they're all none of them have names of their own. They're just appendages of their husbands.
2: Right, Mrs. Norman Miller. Mrs.
1: Norman Miller pouring coffee for Mrs. Blah blah blah, at a luncheon. (laughs) But
2: but even Mom began to notice that she was the best-looking person in all of the pictures.
1: Oh, my God. But that brings us to um, a sad story, which is the death of newspapers, right? Yeah. Uh, They are dying, and uh, if you have any doubt, you know, you can look here, the latest, uh, uh, my God, the Daily News in New York City. Uh, laying off half of its staff yesterday. This is after the staff had already been gutted. Um and the Daily News was the counterpart to Rupert Murdoch's uh New York Post, uh both, you know, tabloids, easily read on a crowded bus or subway. Um and, I, you know, they say, what I don't understand is they, the owners, some large, faceless, friggin' group of capitalist SOBs in Chicago have uh, said that they need to move uh, the paper into, uh, you know, a digital direction. But what I want to know is, okay, so if you're simply stopping uh, the print – and moving to digital, why does that? You still need the reporters. Yeah, right. that's that, so it's bull. They're lying. They're laying off reporters and photographers. And digital people are still going to want
2: <laughs> news. No, they did. They're the, and then they're you're going to get your, your the same generic news that everybody else is getting, and because nobody is producing original content. I don't understand why why they think that people will go to look at non-existent content and only get their advertisers. I mean at some point you'll stop going to the site because it is not delivering you any content. You're only being delivered to advertisers and why would you go? Right. I I don't understand the business plan. We're going to buy a product. We're going to get rid of the product and see how that flies.
1: Susan, here's what the business plan is: make as much money as we can, right, and then dump that and move on to another paper to cannibalize Savage and move on.
2: It's what you I, know it, what? It's what I call the the icon school of. Uh, of economics, Carl Icahn, remember right, him? Right, I was sure the do. guy that bought TWA and uh, cannibalized, you know, this. He's still around. Once great, yeah, I know. But that's what he, they do. They cannibalize companies, right. And 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 overload them with debt, and then and then toss them out.
1: That's what Rom. Remember Romney? Remember Romney? Because his uh, uh, Bain Capital, uh, his right. That's what they did. That's what they did, and that's what a lot of. These rich, rich, rich people—it's how they get rich, not by
2: producing
1: anything, but merely destroying
2: things. They bring that the up- last dollar out of failing companies, and then and then leave you know the the ex workers without pensions, without you know, with unfulfilled you know promises <laughs> that were given to workers in concession for lower wages in previous years, and then they go, oops, well, there's no money for that stuff that we promised you. Bye. I, yeah, I, I was, uh, before we got uh, together on the telephone this morning, I was um, scanning news channels, and they were talking about why companies like uh, Amazon, that you know, makes a gazillion dollars, why they can't, why they're workers in, in the um, fulfillment centers are mostly on food stamps because they aren't paid a you know a working wage, yeah. a, a minimum wage.
1: Yeah, but the guy who owns Amazon is now the richest person in the so world. Now the
2: richest person, and is only beholden to his stockholders who have no <laughs> ethical.
1: So what do we do with these uh, son of a bitch capitalists? What do we do? Off with their heads! <laughs> i I I just I'm sorry. I mean, they are literally, this is, you know, pillaging.
2: My, my son just uh, texted me to say that uh, Icon was uh, sniffing around his company uh, oh my a few years ago, and their board of directors stopped him. Wow. Wow. Uh,
1: well, but your son has seen his company bought and you know moved. Yeah, he got it,
2: bought anyway, but yeah. it wasn't bought to be gutted. It no, was bought to be, because I'm it was valuable. A system.
1: Right, right. But still, yeah. you know, any worker now is uh, just one step away from job from the unemployment line uh, if some yeah money crazed greedy son of a bitch capitalist uh, decides to. Uh, I don't know. Decides to...
2: Well, and, and the worrisome thing about corporations is that long years of service and experience um, start to work against you that at is a point. That is correct.
1: That is correct.
2: And then no one wants to look at you because they'd rather have the younger, uh, latest-trained version. Of Not only latest-trained, but cheaper. Less money.
1: Cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. And yeah, also cheaper older cheaper. workers, uh, their insurance costs more. I mean, and I remember even uh, when I was working in TV, so this is my God, 25 years ago, I remember saying to a few uh, other employees there who were getting long in the tooth, and for television that means heading into 40, keep your head down. I said, just keep your head down because you're now rising up that seniority you know, ladder and you're making more money and you are ripe for the picking just to be gotten rid of and bring in some somebody who they can pay
2: half of what they're paying you. And that's what they did. Right. And, it's, and if the public really loves you, too bad. They'll be disappointed <coughs> and then they'll get over exactly. it. Exactly.
1: I remember the general manager there at the time, one despicable human being named Jim Hefner, uh, saying to me, uh, I want, I want, he spoke in a Southern accent, he says, I want reporters to be interchangeable cogs. And he wanted them to be interchangeable cogs because you don't have to pay a cog as much as you pay a personality. He was saying that to me because he perceived me <laughs> as a cog. As being no a personality, and he wanted oh, you're a personality. he wanted me gone, because personalities make more money, and they're not interchangeable. And uh, he actively worked to get me to 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 leave. He he removed me from the seat. He tried to lower my profile. He was constantly undercutting me. And then you know I thought you know what, f this. I'm doing a three hour radio show a day, too. I enjoy that. I'm not enjoying this anymore, so that's when I left
2: TV. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately. There were a lot of reasons that made that decision make sense. Right,
1: and the only thing that was, um, you know, that made it bittersweet for me was that uh, my leaving made him happy. (laughs) Because he He got what he wanted. Yeah, he could pocket, he could get another cog um so i yeah it's oh god i hate these people yeah, but so look,
2: you've also been on the airwaves for years now telling everybody who would listen what a total um, you know piece of poop he is
1: that's true i don't know that i've ever said his name before i don't even know where the son of a bitch is but i hate him i do i saw the way he treated other people there he was an awful awful man Actually, he came from the, um, uh, the the other TV station in town, one of the others, KDKA. And when he was hired, I called my agent at the time and said, do you know anything about this guy? And she said, oh, my God, that snake in the grass. That's what she called him, <laughs> that snake in the grass. So I was forewarned. Anyway, um, you know, all of this talk about capitalism and these uh, pillagers uh, that now pass for job creators in this country. Isn't that funny? We think of these people as job creators.
2: Right, and they're what they really are is keep-the-workers-down creators.
1: That is right. And you will notice, by the way, that now that the economy is going bonkers and the unemployment rate has never been lower, wages... Ladies and gentlemen,
2: wages? Well, for certain sectors, they're going up. Not... But for others, they're going down. They're
1: going down. And where most people live, they're going down.
2: Well, that's right. I'm just saying the upper echelons of the white-collar group and technology are going up. That's right. And everybody else is and going so down. And so you
1: continue to let the people who have pull away from the people who don't, who are clawing, trying to get a foothold. And let us be clear. I I just want to be so clear. The people I'm talking about who are getting shafted left and right in our um, economy are often people with incredible education, incredible talent, incredible work ethics, and there's no place for them to go. I see it over and over and over again. You know, where they go into the gig economy. They do a little of this, they do a little of that. They're operating three three jobs, none of which give them benefits, health insurance, anything. This is America, and it's, it's, I, I don't, I, it's awful.
2: Well, not to mention the fact that even if you are lucky enough to have a job, we have quietly transitioned from a, uh, a an economy where one parent could be the breadwinner and the other could well, be the child rearer, right. and you could live a good life that doesn't exist anymore no. for the vast majority of american families it is a requirement that both parents work in order to keep a roof up over their heads and food on the table and insurance and clear. it's not optional and we've we've transitioned thusly without any of the appropriate help that exists in other countries that have that kind of economy i.e. Mm-hmm. childcare. You know, even uh, though we require this, if your children are not of uh, school age yet, one of those salaries is going to two-thirds go to providing for the child care that allows that person to bring in the one-third.
1: That's right. What a wonderful plan. What a great – and and, and understand that we're one of the few uh, so-called developed countries – uh, in which this is uh, this, is, this the template. is an issue. And let
2: me point out that it's usually it's when we when we talk about women, um, you know, having to earn uh, having to work to you know April to equal what a man makes in a year, um, we aren't mm-hmm. subtracting this kind of a tax because generally it is the woman's salary that is basically paying for the child right. care, and she ends up working for you know a net of a couple bucks an hour right
1: unbelievable so anyway i i, I bring all this up because i had read a piece uh, written by a woman in uh, Wichita Kansas the uh, you know the heart of the heartland and um and she wanted to uh Explain so-called Trump country uh, and and understand uh, this is a woman who uh, is the author of a book called Heartland: A Memoir of Working Hard and Being Broke in the Richest Country on Earth okay and um, a million other people could have written that book except maybe they don't have her writing skills and she wants to point out. That this is something that those of us in the anti-trump camp have to keep in our heads, despite the fact that media are trying to uh, uh, you know make us believe in some cartoonish picture of america and and she points out that her father who is a lifelong construction worker and he goes all over the Midwest uh, putting up buildings. He works next to uh, uh, Filipinos and, um, and other immigrants and he, he's white and he in no way uh, holds like racist feelings toward them or feel like they're taking his job. Um, And she says his anger, and he is angry, he is an angry, white, Midwestern, blue-collar worker. And his anger, she says, is directed at bosses who exploit labor and governments that punish working poor. And he sees it as two sides of a capitalist uh, system that is bleeding people like him dry. And she quotes her father as saying, corporations, that's it. That's the point of the sword that's killing us. And she wants to point out that there are millions of men like her father who get tarred because of their jobs their location as Trump voters and their anger at their situation as Trump voters when they're not, and we've got to keep that in mind.
2: Well, it's—I mean, any time that you say a whole group of people vote one way, you're—you're you're lying. Exactly. And we got to stop Jews don't it. vote one way. No. Women don't vote one way. Right. Black people don't vote one way. Close. Hispanics don't vote one way. Yeah. People are people.
1: And, and she, she points out, and I, I think, again, I just want us to take this in and try to remember it, because we don't. The greatest con of 2016 was not persuading a white working class person to vote for a nasty billionaire. Rather, the greatest con of 2016 was persuading the media to cast every working class American in the same mold. And that's what our lazy media do, and they keep doing it. If I see the New York Times have one more story about Trump voters, they did it again today, Uh, front page, story from, I think, Columbus, Ohio, uh, about a plant there, Susan, that is being uh, really hurt by Trump's tariffs. They quote one of the executives who says, it's hurting us now, but we got to keep our eye on the bigger picture. And we're willing to take this hit because he's doing what needs to be done. We've been taken advantage of. And then they quote the people on his work floor, on the, on the production line, who are parroting that same thing. Yeah, it's hurting us, but we got to. And I'm so sick of having to listen to this. And, and they don't find anybody, they never quote anybody like this woman's father who measure in the millions and millions. I, I, it, it drives me crazy. And she says doing this elevates a white supremacist agenda by undermining solidarity. In fact, solidarity, where it is most brave, it is easier to be resistant to, it's it's less easy to be resistant to Trump when you're a construction worker in Wichita, Kansas. Those are the guys we should be not only embracing, but getting to run for office as Democrats. Oh.
2: So Susan, uh we're we're too busy uh you know trying to fend off right to work.
1: <laughs> well, you listen, uh, yeah. here's the thing. We've got to stop being so busy. And I yes, yesterday I I I t- t- turned on for a minute CNN cuz I knew I just wanted to check. I thought they're going to be 24/7 on Trump's latest outrage. Uh, which was, at that moment, because they come two or three a day, at that moment was his threat to take security clearances security away clearances from away. all the former uh, intelligence officials.
2: <laughs> as, as, as What's-Her-Name says, some of them are even monetizing huh? their political... How can she say this shit with a straight face?
1: I don't know. I don't know. she, she really down the is street
2: a... from Trump Hotel.
1: Yeah, she's really something. Anyway. Um, and I have not mentioned that, nor am I going to. No, I mean, I've mentioned it in passing. We're not going to talk about that. Because this is what he does. He keeps us jumping from one thing to another. So you don't have time to sort of stay, focus, and pay attention to big stuff. I mean, his outrage du jour is just that, and they will keep on coming. And at one point when I tuned in, they had a panel of people decrying this and, oh, the outrage and blah, 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 blah. And then one person on the panel said, don't you see, this is exactly what he wants. We're not talking about Russian collusion, we're not talking about the stuff we need he keeps pulling us away from those important issues and she said it and everybody nodded and then went right back to
2: doing exactly that
1: right, well why if you recognize that you're being that you're being manipulated manipulated, you
2: continue to be manipulated why?
1: I for one am not I'm really fighting mightily not. Now, granted, this is all of two days running, but I'm not. And I, how dare they? They they just don't serve us well. Somebody who is desirous of knowing what's going on does not need to hear one hour on one subject that will change tomorrow, and none of it Across matters.
2: 85 different networks, by the way, yeah, because all that's do, all.
1: Yeah, all doing the all same MSNBC thing.
2: All MSNBC this morning when I checked in for a second. That's all they were going to be talking about, too, so I turned it off.
1: Okay, so here's what I want to say. Can I remind people that there are still, I think, close to 2,000 children who are separated from yeah. their parents? And that
2: um, have moved on, right? numbers this morning show that 365 parents have been Deported, Deported, and therefore, and therefore, their children are going to be just declared forfeit.
1: We threw their parents out, so now we can't. I, I, it is beyond. It is okay. This so now they're
2: in our foster care system, which really needs th- them.
1: This is a story worth constant attention, and I want to. Well, I
2: mean, s- we are talking about honest to God. Human trafficking on a governmental level. That's what they did. They kidnapped, yeah, and now they're going to hand them out to people here that might want a kid. I want to ask some people here that might want a kid.
1: Anybody who is a parent, just try to imagine, imagine your child being snatched from you. You sent this way. They sent, and even after. The people of that country that took your child are aware of it. You still can't get to your child. You still can't. And one other thing. I do not want to see these videos of reunions when a distraught child and a distraught parent are finally reunited at some airport somewhere. I do not want them to be further subjected to outrageous exploitation in such a private and painful moment. Haven't we done enough to these kids? Haven't we done enough to these people? and we follow them with cameras they're surrounded by cameras and i saw and well, i I, can't, I feel like i'm looking at pornography
2: i well you are, i don't you feel that way when with with these endless stories of soldiers coming home and surprising their kids it's emo- and, and so and and we all go and we all have a good cry as the child breaks into helpless you know tears because they've been so
1: Totally worried. worried
2: about their right. parent and whether they'd ever see him again. And now they get to see him, but it's for our pleasure.
1: It's for our emotional pleasure. It is emotional pornography. And, and I,
2: hate, you know, I feel I feel that way about all this stuff. This isn't good news. This isn't anything. You, if you want to do it to show, you know, the havoc that we wreck on our, you know, on our families. Okay, you can do that. But that should be the moral of the story. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, as you say, pornography.
1: Leave them alone. Leave them alone.
2: And by the way, it's child pornography.
1: That is, it's child porn. It's disgusting. I, I, I anyway, we have a caller. Uh, caller, go ahead, please. Hello. Hello yeah
0: yeah. oh um what i was going to say is um all this stuff that's going on with immigration and whatever like the supreme court just possibly going to add another one to their side i think and it's happened in the past history has a way of correcting things maybe they're not correcting this the course of history changes for the good or the bad I think we're at a point when we get to the supreme justice and they start fooling around abortion and this immigration. I think eventually someone's – and I hate to even bring this up. I think someone's going to get shot. I really do think it's going to get to that boiling point if it's not already there. I just –
1: Well, God forbid. I mean someone's getting shot right now. This is America after all. Probably four people right now are being shot. You're talking about assassination. Well, I realize that, but I'm He's about talking you
0: know. about assassination. Okay, that would be right. a
1: very bad idea. Obviously, right. let's sure, hope I'm it doesn't happen.
0: Good or bad, bad. It's bad for me. I'm saying, but I just think it's people aren't going to take it, and it's to the it's going to get to the boiling point where something's going to happen. It's sad to say, but because they're so damn corrupt in our government with uh, Trump in there, and it just well. I don't know. I just feel something's going to happen.
1: All right. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Yeah, it's
0: terrible to say, something like that, Yeah,
1: but. I know.
0: Bye. But, um...
1: Okay, stop saying it, then. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. All right, we'll see you. Bye. Bye. I was thinking, no, they're, they're probably safe just because our side doesn't have the guns.
2: Our side doesn't do things like that. Well,
1: but all it takes is one. And uh so
2: well, I mean I you know, well let's not talk about someone that was thinking they were saving the world, you Yeah, know?
1: Sure, sure. Um well I just wanna say that um the Wall Street Journal had this piece about the judge that is overseeing this reunification, this uh Dana Sabrow. Um uh And this is because of the the suit brought by the ACLU to get these kids. Right, right. And he's been pretty good. Uh, I wish he'd be a little tougher on the government, like holding them in contempt, because he put a July 26th date, end date, on on when all of the children, not just the little ones, were to be reunited. And we... (laughs) We're not even close to that, and that's two days away. And I'm hoping he starts throwing, uh, you know, holding uh, the head of uh, DHS and uh, HHS in, uh, in contempt. They're under a court order to do something. They don't deliver. Then, then put them in jail. Throw the book at them. Right. So, so why consequence? won't he? It, it's not a suggestion. No, it was an order from a federal court. By the way, this guy is a Republican. He is also the son of an immigrant, of a Japanese mother, actually two immigrants, of a Japanese mother and a French-Canadian father who um, who ended up uh, leaving San Francisco because they couldn't find a place to live in the 50s because they were a mixed-race couple. So this is a judge who comes, even though he's a Republican, he comes from immigrant roots himself, so should be, and, and have seen with his own parents how immigrants were uh, ill-treated. I just wish, everybody says he's a, a real kind person. I wish he'd toughen up. is all I'm saying.
2: Well, I agree. I don't if 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 the example that the American public gets is that their government doesn't actually have to obey yeah. court orders. Right. I ask you why should any of us obey a court order? Right. Exactly. What is the And my defense would be, well, look, the government was told to do something, they didn't do it and nothing happened to them.
1: Yep. So hey. Alright, Susan. Let's do some medical yeah. information. Right now I know I look like I'm sitting here just talking, but I want you to know that I am engaged in what is called dynamic sitting.
2: You in, mean you're wiggling in your seat?
1: Yeah. I'm 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 like <laughs> I'm, my 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 legs are going like this
2: I can't stop my leg I can't
1: stop the leg You know there's some guys I see it in guys not women who literally always have a leg going like that and it makes yeah, me yeah. A wreck. I
2: think it is I think it is more common in men, men because but women what? have been taught to sit still Still
1: but I'm telling you ladies don't sit still because it says right here that by doing this dynamic sitting, you can burn about twenty percent more calories over the course of a work day, okay so fidgeting uh is 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 okay any any uh, it does a lot of good stuff for you. It burns calories, it lowers your blood pressure this and that so dynamic sitting. I can't stand it when I...
2: I I think there's other good reasons to fidget and be a dynamic sitter, and that's that it's better for your back. If you are constantly rearranging your position and and not maintaining any one position for more than 15 minutes, it's easier on your spine.
1: Right. So let's just keep moving, guys. I really get annoyed, though, when I'm sitting next to a guy who's doing that because all it does is suggest to me that they're ready to jump out of their skin. And you know yeah, how right. it's, and it, it just, it makes me nervous. I mean, it, 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 and often a guy who's doing that also has like a, you know, a clenched jaw and you can see like veins in his, you know, I, or I. Or they're
2: holding a pen and clicking the, and clicking the top, uh, up and down up and 85 down. times. Jeez. That's, that's another one. Yeah my my beloved husband used to do that and i would go stop with the pen <laughs> oh god yeah it's like chalk on a blackboard uh, and i do think that my years of sitting through the most long and boring of school board meetings that could go on for 5 or 6 hours taught me this 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 art of of sitting you know seemingly quietly with an interested expression on my face
1: while your feet are doing that had
2: stuff. It had nothing to do with my internal struggle.
1: Right, right, exactly. And, when, and
2: once I learned to only wear turtlenecks so that people couldn't see the blood going up my neck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got another. They really did. Wait, wait, wait. They could and tell when get...
2: they were getting to me, even if I was keeping my, my face carefully impassive because they could see my chest and my neck get red if I was irritated. So I just started wearing turtlenecks. No no (laughs) cues.
1: Okay. Ray has sent us a a missive. Ladies, Ray says, I despair of a good outcome. (laughs) Yeah. You're not alone, Ray. Uh, Well, it's pretty self-evident that poverty itself does not create revolution and anarchy. I mean, if it did, most of the world would be in constant turmoil. However, it's pretty clear that relative poverty certainly does. It's hard to accept poverty when faced with the few others around us with obscene wealth. I have come to terms with the concept of capitalism in the abstract. It was hard for me to do. Much of the regulated capitalism over the last 50 years has helped create some of the most miraculous improvements in our world. Diseases have been eradicated, child mortality has dropped, absolute poverty has declined, and water and power has reached almost every corner of the world to name just a few. What gives me despair is the clear gaming of the system by very, very smart but very, very evil plutocrats who can't stand not having all the toys. If we moderate lefties don't rein in the crazy factions on our side and restart the long, hard process of democratic reform of the power structure, then undemocratic revolution will sort it out in a very bad way. What amazes me is the mega-wealthy have much more to lose in a meltdown than an overworked, underpaid, poor city dweller.
2: Right. I mean, what part about the French Revolution don't they get?
1: Well, I remember reading a few years ago that some guy uh some Silicon Valley gazillionaire was trying to warn the other Silicon Valley gazillionaires. Exactly that. Hey guys. Hey guys. And 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 all it did was make them build higher gates around their homes and hire more security. And get an island somewhere where they could helicopter out if the mobs start closing in. So um, they don't intend. And
2: build safe rooms.
1: Yeah, yeah, really. They don't intend to stop. I mean, it's like it's like you know uh, a Batman movie I, I without understand. Batman. I mean, we're we're Spiderman. We we're 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 doomed because the Joker's.
2: Why doesn't Bezos want to Bezos want his his fulfillment center employees to be able to buy way?
1: yeah Henry Ford the son of a bitch Henry Ford understood he knew
2: that he wanted his workers to be able to afford his cars
1: not anymore So I just uh I don't know. We have another caller. Caller go ahead please. Hello Clarence.
3: Hey, Clarence. The, the name of the I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote that article uh about the uh warning them know, warning them it yeah. it was called the pitchforks the article was called the pitchforks are coming. Yeah. I to remember R- that. Right, right, yeah. right. And I think he had something. Yeah, he was he made his money um there was either with Yahoo or Amazon or somebody like that. That's where he started. But um <laughs> I was calling about Dynamic City and then you talked about all of that you know, the capitalism thing about buying, your, you know, people being able to buy the products that they make. Yeah. You know, when you said Henry Ford. And I always thought that what changed that mostly was globalism. There were enough people on the planet to keep you rich. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's there's enough middle management people making money. Yeah. (laughs) All over the globe to buy your stuff, so you don't really need to pay all your workers yeah, you know, it, like in a, in, a, in a certain country, a certain amount of money. You know, so that's that's what did it. So it, it's not just a thing we have to do in America. It's like a global thing. You have to get almost everybody to start paying workers a living wage. Or you know, my feeling is that where they where do they call that where governments just give you a living wage for no reason? I forget yeah, it's well, called it's uh, called
1: uh, Jeez,
2: what? I forget. Income, that,
3: it's, yeah. it's like a guaranteed income. Yeah, I guaranteed. think that's it. Right, right,
2: right, right. No, it's it, a guaranteed it, it, minimum income. Yeah, minimum yeah, income, right. right?
3: Yeah, and I see no way around that with automation and. Right. <laughs> you know, I actually, you know, or just, just, what is it? Just, just going to be like a two-tiered system, and and no products are going to be made because people are going to be able to, you know, the robots can make the products, but who's going to buy the products?
1: Yeah, yeah. you robot tell me. Robots
3: are doing services now. You know, they're doing surgery by joystick.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I know they, they are. are doing what?
3: surgery by joystick. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Why can't you just have a robot do it? You know what I mean? A program, an app. <laughs> do you really need a doctor, the lawyer by computer? Do you really need a lawyer when an no. you know, algorithm could do it for well, you? Uh, do
2: you really <laughs> need a factory if you have a 3D printer?
3: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I see. I see. You know, it's, I don't see it coming. You know, in my lifetime, but it's coming.
2: Oh, it's yeah, it's so. it's
1: right around the corner. Why do
2: you think it's not going to happen in your in your yeah. lifetime, Clarence? Because look at sick. what's already happened in your lifetime.
1: Because he smokes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I always tell people that iPhone was something
3: when I was a teenager. I couldn't imagine that was Star Trek. I didn't think that was going to come. No. Yeah.
2: yeah. And when I was a child, Get Smart had had what's his name talking into <laughs> his, <laughs> his shoe, shoe. and <laughs> that's that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I had a joke about that. I can't remember that 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 that, that shoe phone. I had to talk about that. Uh, a, a good joke, and I can't remember what it was. Wow, well, too bad for you. <laughs>
1: so, what did you want to say about dynamic sitting?
3: Oh, I, when you said it, my uncle used to like, and he probably still does, you know, move his leg up and down at least one knee, up and down really fast. Right. Just like he was starting a motorcycle or something.
0: That's it. But
3: yep. and then, but my brain went to, and I don't know if I'm right about this. And it's not in, like, public settings, but women tend to, if they're going to move their legs, they, uh, they're, they're, like, going their back and forth. Their knees are, like, t- no, it's not their foot, it's their knees. Their feet are still, and their knees are going back and forth. So I don't know if that's my imagination, but, I said I, I, but I've I noticed it before, you know. because no. Because, you know, I see the leg, I see it. I see the leg thing going up and down with the men, like they're trying to start a motorcycle. And I think it's more of a nervous thing for, for both groups. Well, it, leg it, leg like yeah, that.
2: it diminishes nervous energy. But I yeah. I think for women, the, the 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 motion is usually a crossed leg, and the leg that is crossed goes is back moving. and forth. Is moving. Yeah, is yeah, the leg that's crossed. Foot, that that dangling <laughs> foot is going up that's and down. Right. That's right. That's what right, I was that, saying. Right. That's yeah. what we're talking right. about, right? Yeah, right. right? Okay, Okay. yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> but the <laughs> upper body <laughs> stays stays still, right?
2: It stays low. still. From the waist up, you are composed. Uh. <laughs> All righty. But if, you know what? This, this is one of
3: those things when I heard the, the, the term dynamic sitting, I said, oh, no, not this.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's one of those things that, you know, it's going to sell a book, <laughs> you know, for a year, and then they're going to move on to something else, although it makes sense to me.
1: Well, you know, Clarence, this,
3: this, this, they, huh?
1: Clarence they have these things. I've seen them in catalogs where, like, uh, bicycle pedals, which you put under your desk, mm-hmm. and while you're sitting, you can be pedaling.
3: See, I wouldn't mind doing that as
2: long as that was charging a battery or something.
1: Well, that makes more. <laughs> you know what? That makes more yeah, sense. As, you long could,
2: as, it, as long as it was running your computer. Yeah, you that's a great idea, like though.
3: <laughs> exactly. Because I never understood spinning. I said, or, or, you know, walking on a treadmill. I said, go at a bike or you know, go for a walk. If you're gonna just stand there and stare out of a window so everybody else can see you on a treadmill, generate some energy with it. You know, those, right, those, those big, those big things. You know, the big group workout places? If, those, if <laughs> I was them, I would hook those things up to batteries. Those people would be
2: generating That's like- true. They should. <laughs> yeah. They should. Clarence, we call, you, Clarence, what we call those big workout places, is, we call them gyms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah those big workout places, term? those are no, gyms. No, we call them gyms too, but no, they're, they're
3: not called gyms anymore. As a what? matter of fact, the higher class the ones, they, fitness call, centers. they call them gyms what (laughs) hey listen you two (laughs) uh,
1: milton milton in columbus has always on he's he's told us who the plutocrat was uh... who clarence and i uh... were i remembering his name is nick hanauer h-a-n-a-u-e-r and his piece was called beware fellow plutocrats the pitchforks are coming and um... there's uh... the original article was in politico and he also did a TED Talk, so you could uh, see it on a TED Talk. But, I mean, whatever. It didn't...
3: Well, I think we should give a toast to Milton.
1: Okay, let's toast Milton. Well, Nick! No, Milton oh, oh Mil- it's Milton! It's a Milton
3: the toaster joke. <laughs> you remember Milton the toaster? It was a commercial? No! Okay. It was, Okay, I, since I'm a 60s, 70s child... <laughs>
1: Milton the okay, so toaster my references
3: are getting terrible people don't get my references anymore it was he was he was a cartoon and i' i forget the uh what he was you know it came out the same time as Charlie the tuna, you know, and that kind of thing but it okay was Milton okay. The toaster. well I charlie it was
1: the charlie the tuna i i I know but uh
3: yeah I think that's Al tuna's cousin
1: bush, get out of here okay you're you're out he's gone, I think he hung up, Susan, are you there? I am. Okay, it got very quiet there for a second.
2: I know, I was just letting Clarence have fun.
1: He said it was Al, Tuna's
2: cousin? Yeah, yeah, cousin. Her brother or something.
1: I drove through Al Tuna on my way to my retreat. Okay, I have one other um, uh, medical thing. Uh, I've always thought this would be true. I think neckties should be... I can't believe they're still hanging in there, somewhat, you know. Uh, and here it well, is. Well,
2: only because it's the only, you know, sort of colorful thing for some reason a man is allowed to wear.
1: Well, they could then. We got to change the fashion because research in Germany, researchers in Germany have shown that if you take healthy young men and have them put on a tie and tie a Windsor knot. And you do MRI scans on them. The reality is is that those ties reduce blood flow to the brain by an average of seven and a half percent. Now that's, I gotta tell is you, is that
2: what's wrong with men? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, because even ones that aren't wearing neckties, Susan. Exhibit the same kind of
2: behavior, but, yeah. But it could be that crucial. Uh.
1: Yeah, but but blood carrying (laughs) oxygen is what makes the brain work. So any reduction in oxygen to the brain makes men stupider. So all the guys in their, I mean, just stop it. I'm just saying. Somebody, some researcher suggested that... um, this is essentially socially uh, directed strangulation.
2: I have to say, you know, if I get, when I look back at all the, I mean, I spent a lot of time when I was working with men in suits, right? Yes. So I have to admit that when we were just hanging in the office, not one of those, every single one of that, those men would open their collar button and loosen their tie. Yeah. The jacket would come off, the sleeves would roll up, the the tie would be loosened, and the neck would be opened. So, I mean, it's clearly uncomfortable enough that if you're going to actually sit down and work, that would be the first thing that you would do. Well, I don't know of any working lawyer that sat at his desk or her desk, but it was a this is a male problem sat at his desk and worked with his tie on or tight.
1: All I can think of is Senator Orrin Hatch, who always looked like his tie was so tight that he was, in fact, strangling. And he had it on all through, think of all through the congressional hearings. Maybe that explains why they're so stupid. Anyway, Susan, uh, time for the obituary of the day. Oh, yeah, great. This is a little uh, late, but good morning. I can't do it. Vietnam.
2: Well, we know Robin Williams died.
1: But that's not Robin Williams because he was that was based on a real guy.
2: Oh, okay.
1: A guy named Adrian Cronauer. Um, and uh, he died at uh, the age of 79. But um, Adrian Cronauer was the, the disc jockey whose story provided Cronauer uh, says the rough outline for uh that movie. The two of them did meet. Cronauer finally decided to just relax because it wasn't really a depiction of what happened to him, except that he's the one who did do the good morning uh Vietnam. Vietnam, right. And um and he said he decided eventually to just relax and enjoy uh he said, finally, I said to myself, wait a minute. It was never intended to be a biography. It's a piece of entertainment, so sit back, relax, and enjoy it. Because uh, at first he was saying, well, I wouldn't have done I didn't say that, you know, and he he relaxed into it. Anyway, I just wanted to tell my audience, because I didn't know, that Adrian Cronauer was born in Pittsburgh. And, um, and he uh, learned his sense of radio by listening to KDKA Radio here and Reed Kordick, uh, uh, who was a, uh, a celebrated morning show host uh, in Pittsburgh. So just so you know that Reed Kordick had something to do with Adrian Kahnauer, who ends up being, you know, Robin Williams and uh, blah, 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 blah. He went to the University of Pittsburgh. He, in fact, uh, with other students, formed the Student Broadcasting Association at the University of Pittsburgh, which uh, began the campus radio station, which is still uh, in existence there. And uh, he had a high draft number anyway. He joined the Air Force. Uh, Dead at the age of 79. Uh, I hate to tell you this. He was uh, a Republican. and became a lawyer, a Republican lawyer. Adrian Cronow. Yeah. I, yeah. So, th- Susan, there's this HBO uh, thing on Robin Williams that's out, a documentary. Mm-hmm. I do, uh, yeah. I recommend it. Uh, you
2: watched it? I haven't had a chance to see Yeah,
1: it. well, get, give yourself a chance because you'll laugh a lot. I mean, that guy was a genius. And, um Yeah.
2: But. Well, you know, and he—he it, he, it, what caused his suicide was the same thing that killed my father-in-law in the end, Louie body disease, and it is a particularly bad kind of dementia. Right, and it he, really, it really plays games with you. Yeah, he—he—he
1: he, he couldn't take it. He—he he was a tortured soul as it was, and uh just couldn't just couldn't do it.
2: Well, well I, and honestly, um, with his reaction to the diagnosis is common. Uh, when um, my husband was still alive, we were in San Francisco at some meetings, and a, a uh, fellow uh, psychiatrist asked Eric, Eric and me to come over and speak to uh, his father-in-law, who was an esteemed physician himself and had just received this diagnosis. And he questioned us, you know, and completely about what happened to
0: Eric's, Eric's
2: dad and um and he was he was not alive two weeks later. And that always haunts me, you know, whether we <laughs> You mean he killed it could have been he, as he, honest as we were. He so killed himself. We mm-hmm.
1: Um Milton uh has sent me a picture of uh Milton the toaster. And Clarence has also sent me a picture (laughs) of Milton the Toaster, who looks like he's toasting Pop-Tarts. So Milton the Toaster was actually just selling Pop-Tarts, right? That's what it was. Milton the Toaster was selling Pop-Tarts. Although there's even a book, Milton's Ridiculous Riddles. Good God. I missed it. I don't remember that at all. I don't remember it. Oh so, what else, oh gosh, Susan, we're pretty much uh yeah, we are we're pretty much so you're going up to Green Bay today?
2: I am going up to Green Bay today, um, and I got a few things to do tomorrow. I'm gonna retrieve our mother and bring her back here for. A Your little birthday weekend birthday celebration, and then return her to Green Bay. And in time uh, for
1: her birthday celebration.
2: Well, 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 actually, yeah, and I mean, I'll I get to have my real birthday, you know, with her in Green Bay, and then I run back here for a couple of days, and then I I've given myself a birthday present of a trip out to Santa Fe to visit to be with my friends there. Oh, so. nice. That's good. Yeah, and then I come right back to go back up to Green Bay with you. Right,
1: you do. And, um, by the way, yeah, so there'll be a week in August where I won't be here on a Thursday and a Friday because I'll be going um, to my mom's uh, birthday party. Okay? ninety six. 96. I always get ahead. I was calling her 96 for the last few months. We all do that, don't we? And so.
2: No, I've been. I like stopped at 95. I was telling people she was 95 for like two years before she was 95, and now I'm stuck on 95. Well, now you got to start working on 97. Yeah.
1: Well, okay. All right. She thinks it's all totally ridiculous. She can't believe it. She keeps saying, "How much longer can I have?" I I know.
2: Well, that's why when the tree fell on her house. (laughs) <laughs> That's why she was upset because she figured that would be, that a, would really be a good way, to, way go. to go. Yeah, and bang. Then, and you know everybody was telling her it wasn't her time, which was aggravating her. And then the fickle finger of God struck her young next door neighbor dead, dead. Like three the, days later. I know, I know.
1: It was a bad real. I, and, I, I, I,
2: and I did tell her that that was, you know, God's way of saying no. It's really not your time.
1: Yeah, she's gonna be around for a long time. Yeah, that's hard on all of her children because we have to keep ourselves alive uh, because uh, we don't want her
2: to have. She to, would not. She would not be accepting of any of you know, any one of us leaving before she did.
1: I know. So, so she's single-handedly keeping us alive because some of us are on rickety uh, footing. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <Okay>, <laughs> bye, Sue. Thank very much. Thank very much. Okay. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. bye. All right, you guys, that's it. That's it for me. For today, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
0: Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.